So before we begin, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Like, what's your educational background? What's your creative background? And what, according to you, uh, oh sorry, what according to you uh, makes your kind of artistic and creative practice really unique and stand out? So yeah. Okay, well, um, thanks so much for inviting me on. I really appreciate that. Um, I am a, a painter and an illustrator. I live in London. I also work full time. So I, I balance my creative practice with my um, income from like design work and stuff like that. I've been living in London now since I was 18 or 19. Um, and my creative practice is very uh, detailed, uh, little drawings, bigger than a miniature scale, but heavily influenced by miniatures and Mughal paintings and stuff like that, um, but giving them a more contemporary and surrealistic um, viewpoint. And I'm also living with my partner, who is a woman. So a lot of my paintings definitely have a queer perspective um, uh, along those lines. And, and I kind of like drawing, um, like drawing on uh, influence from like my domestic life and like queer life, and then putting those into these um, drawings and paintings. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, again, like uh, someone who kind of just like saw your artwork, it really speaks to me, the, this unique style that you have. I always, I all like, I think it's it's so, it's so interesting that each artist uh, have their unique style that you can't mm -hmm. really just like tell apart, right? Like you can't really tell about why I have this unique style, right? Whatever yeah. sort of subjects you're dwelling with. So that's amazing. So, uh, I'm very interested in also kind of getting your perspective, uh, like like as some as a as an Indian origin person living in London, working and living as an artist in London. Uh, how has your Indian identity shaped your artistic vision? Kind of confluencing with the Western culture, like uh, like sometimes I feel a lot of Indian and South Asian artists develop this very interesting, unique style of they see yet Western style and kind of kind of emerging together. So uh, yeah. what are your thoughts about that? I think uh, what I, I learned when going to college, because I was when I started college, I was really struggling actually with my uh, creative practice. I hadn't um, got a style. I if, if you looked at my sketchbooks, like, you know, there'd be exercises from class to, okay, we're gonna, there's a sheet of things, you, you draw all of them. And then each one would be, I had a different style for like I was drawing, I didn't know what I really wanted to draw. And then I just started doing some doodles and that sort of teachers kind of pinpointed that, oh, I think this is actually more interesting than what you're doing elsewhere. But it took like many years to, really like figure out what I wanted to do and and also to try and get out of the rut of like drawing the same thing in the same style so uh, you know I started drawing like on desktops in in school and college in notebooks and it was really hard to like feel um, I don't know like like I don't know what I want to say I don't know what I'm drawing and I think coming here you get exposed to a lot of art in art school, you get exposed mm -hmm. to a lot of teaching, but it is very colonial, it is very European, mm -hmm. that's the perspective. And so you first get like, so you're like kind of a fledgling artist, you don't know who you are, you don't know what you want to draw. And then you get a lot of European influence. And I would say this is 
possibly true in India. I don't know, but I feel like we are shown a lot of European art as the mm. standard of these are the masters. Mm. These are the, you know, like the historical, like the artists, like these people. And I feel like actually, definitely, I, I think my Indian, my South Asian art, like art outside Europe is, is, needs to be expanded and like mm. knowledge needs to expand it. and I've been working on that obviously like you want to keep looking at different mm. people but I think that's where you get that that mix because you're you've got these two two things um, together where you are being taught this kind of style but then I think what what is interesting is that you can always like take that and subvert it within your own um, style like as an Asian artist or South Asian artist I think that's that's maybe what you're talking about where you get that interesting hybrid mm. yeah, at exactly. least that's that's my perspective of it no that's great perspective and I feel uh, you touched upon this great point that a lot of like uh, let's say someone in India or any part of the world like in the east let's say uh, we would be really privy or we would actually have European art style as references, right? Because mm. uh, in a way, it just uh, the European artistic or any sort of standards uh, have been considered as universal. But yeah. that's like, that's not true. Like, okay, it's amazing to kind of broaden your horizon to actually as an artist. So mm. you have to be someone who's curious to actually look at newer styles and get inspired by just yeah. beautiful work, be it European, be it Indian, or be it from any part of the world. But uh, yes, exactly. There's a colonial legacy as well, but I feel, uh, in the last at least the decade i feel a lot of indian artists have kind of rediscovered uh especially just because of my interactions with a lot of uh of uh, uh, nris or diasporic artists who are living outside uh -huh. of india uh i think a lot of them uh, maybe consciously or subconsciously kind of trying to involve their heritage with uh, yeah. their western upbringing and it just kind of for me it's very exciting times in that sense that yeah. it's helping kind of bridge that gap right uh that gap where the western audience might not have kind of known yeah. uh, subcontinent art and also the artists uh, through this process is also kind of connecting with their heritage in a more productive way right so yeah uh, that has been uh, something that's very interesting so people call it fusion art or hybrid i think hybrid is a more uh, stronger word to be used here right like, I, I i would reject like i would reject that entirely because that's giving okay. that's i personally will because sure, i feel yeah, like yeah. i feel like that's giving so much um weight uh to european influence like say like it's kind of like saying mm like you can be influenced by like it is indian art or it is south asian art like to say it's a hybrid is is unjust like that is yeah. who that artist is like i don't yeah, feel yeah. like it's um it's not like two pieces of technology that have mm. merged you know what i mean like there are influences european artists took influences from you know the middle east from india from everywhere like oriental orientalism you know mm. in quotes um and they were not called uh, you know it wasn't called a hybrid it was like that's the that's european art so i think when we say hybrid we diminish to some degree the the mm. valid the validity and the credibility of that south asian artists like that's not a hybrid that is that is their 
that is their artwork mm. that they have consumed based on like whatever the environment is. Um, mm. I have a question for you. Um, are you a painter? Like, are you an artist? You said you went to Canada to study. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm a filmmaker. So I did my MFA. Yeah, I'm a filmmaker. Like I Amazing. Can, I can doodle, but I can't paint, and especially not at your level at all. But I no, I, but film filmmaking is is like yeah. it's just a it's just a medium. It's like painting. It's yeah. it's just a different tool. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you need to justify that. No, in just this particular instance, in uh, this particular no, way, yeah. it, the illustration for me, I I do doodle because I love. I for me, uh, one thing I love, I love artists. I love art. I love creativity in general, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, as a filmmaker, uh, I'm a documentary filmmaker. So yeah, I my. Uh, uh, the way I wouldn't say trained is wrong. The way I am wired is to have conversations, have try to have curious conversations with people who I really find interesting and document mm-hmm. it, right? So, so for me, uh, I think I love music, I love art, I love films. Uh, though I have a better understanding of film and filmmaking, but uh, just as an audience, I see your mm-hmm. work and I try to kind of take it in, like what the artist is really projecting. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm very interested in learning like how you actually made it be, be it from a technical standpoint be it from a philosophical yeah. standpoint or be it uh, I, I, I kind of learned that a lot of artists when they create art they're not even thinking of anything it's just like a yeah. lot of times audience project their ideas but the artist literally like when, when the artist created something it's just out of nowhere according to them but a lot of ideas a lot of audience kind of project that so uh, but yeah uh, coming back to your hybrid point i've uh, th- that's a very good point for sure i feel when i uh, when i kind of use the term hybrid i'm just maybe i'm just thinking of someone who is of indian origin and grew up let's say in london so this person is british indian right it's like mm. oh he he identifies as british but he also identifies as indian so yeah. that's why that's why maybe I use the term hybridization. But for me, someone who is in India, living in India, uh, like if there is like, let's say the most Indian art that I can think of, Indian truck art, like the most mm. uniquely, right? Like let's just That say, is like very uniquely South Asian. But then what about billboard art? Like, you know, the old yeah. movie posters that used to be painted, like hand painted. Like for me, that was also a very... And then if you really break it down, like all the arts and crafts, like that are uniquely Mm -hmm. specific to regions like then if you actually break it down it's hard to that that Um, hybrid word I I find uh, difficult because like mm. Indian art is vast it's so detailed and when I think about like how much my knowledge has holes in it because we've just been looking at Europe like I think hybrid does a slight disturb. I, I, I don't. I mean, it's a term. I I don't mind. Um, I'm just saying it. It does a disservice to like how vast and how rich um, India's like cultural and and artistic heritage is. That I even like. I don't know. I'm not. If you said name, uh, you know, a specific art style, I I wouldn't be able to look at it and say, oh, I know that art style because you know, there's so many like so many specific yes. uh, styles that I don't even know like my mother has in her house but I can't even remember like the name and that is my fault for sure um, but I also think that is society's way of making us look elsewhere which is why that's only the only reason I'm I'm like um, 
like going to push back against hybrid because also i i feel i've been here now exactly the amount of time i lived in india so i'm literally 50-50 now mm. um i can't like there was a point where i was like no i'm not british i am indian but now it gets harder because now my contexts are changing like i don't feel um i have the intellectual capacity to completely weigh in on indian politics and indian mm. uh context because now it's not the same i i'm that you know i'm an nri like there's so many mm. nris were like affecting indian politics and you know from mm. a distance or whatever i yeah. i really i i feel i feel that like cuz i don't know enough yeah. and then you i would be imposing views but i have this split where so i feel a hybrid split maybe more interpersonal yeah, but yeah. i don't know if it i would uh, i would put it on on um i wouldn't put it on the art genre of of mm. you know british asian artists um, as being hybrid but but i know what you mean like it's a it's a diasporic like art like where where it's a person who is immigrated and and there's a certain different perspective they have um yeah. so i can yeah. see that for sure but the, but this is like just a Yeah, you know, no. de- devil's advocate um, debate. I, I don't think it matters what you call it in the end. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel uh, like again, I agree with you, like hundred percent. But what I f- what I think is why like certain terms just catch on is because you know what, like let's say you're interacting with someone who has. literally no idea of indian or mm. south asian culture that, that's fair yeah so how do you communicate with that person yeah, like yeah, like, at, like here we can actually because you and me we know the diversity like we like there is there is like for example let's say uh i tell someone who, who in canada let's say so who has never visited india i tell them that oh india is a very diverse country uh we speak hundreds of na- languages and uh the art style changes literally the language the art style uh, and customs changes in every 100 kilometers or so yeah that's just a literal way like that person is trying to kind of uh what do you call it? kind of imagine uh, through his or her or their lived perspectives in canada so it's really yeah, di- yeah. difficult for them to kind of understand but for me and you because someone who has lived or been uh, kind of a grown up in india we exactly know what that feels like right so mm. that's why a lot of i feel a lot of artists and academics that's why maybe they kind of use simpler terms so that they're like, okay i'm just going to communicate with this person i don't really want that's wanna... fair that is very fair yeah. yeah so maybe that's why but i agree with you 100% because in india like it just boggles my mind like it's madhubani art gondwana art then you go to yeah. south india uh the the beautiful south indian calligraphy or the way i really love the the architecture the, the architecture of the temples like it's just like it, it varies so much rajasthan uh so it's so interesting in that sense so yeah, yeah. uh kind of coming to your artwork now mm-hmm. uh i feel that uh, if you'd be comfortable i can share on my screen your instagram and we can talk about any of oh, the yeah, art please. piece uh any of the art piece that you feel yeah like absolutely i i think it was interesting that you said oh you know i don't have your technical skill but i always feel like i do not have technical skill and it is a huge struggle um to be uh, technically yeah. uh, and i find it very interesting everybody i speak to always thinks that they can't draw in some like deep down there it's like oh my drawing sucks but like at every level everybody feels that and i wonder if there's ever an artist um 
I mean, I wonder who those people are that are just like, yeah, yeah, I can draw really well. I'm amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm curious about that. Like, I always feel like everybody thinks, oh shit, I can't draw. Yeah. No, I feel what I feel is, uh, I feel that, like, I so so I feel I know that I, that for example, that I can do it really well. I know my strengths. Like, I'm very self-aware, but I don't really like beat myself. Like, oh my god, I can't yeah, really yeah. draw. I, that I'm so creatively barren. I, I don't I don't go like that, but I know that okay, I can't sing. It's not that uh, that it's something that I okay, I can't sing because I'm not really interested in doing that. You're not interested. In but anything. there are some people who can't sing and they feel that they're creatively so what do you call it, devoid of the, uh, this skill. So I understand what you're trying to say, and uh, I feel. A lot of good artists when I say technical I would say I, I think I'm going to reuse my word I would say the, a better word for artists that I love is very intuitive I, because mm. art is something that has to come from within you and through trials and trial and error you actually yeah. get better at it right, at, right? like yeah, yeah, yeah. there is Absolutely. something very innate in That's your true. art piece so uh, okay so why don't you tell me any of the specific art piece that I should pull up and you can talk about it well, uh, I guess these two that we're looking at, um, the golden just... ones, they, both of them are the same. They're just different videos. Um, those are the most relevant for the news uh, today. Uh, like they're about, um, so they're, they're, there's a, there's a painting I made uh, about abortion and reproductive health. And I wanted to, I think I find at least the last few days and also reading you know the america's uh, i've been reading america's progressive mm -hmm. withdrawal of of reproductive rights for years and and this day this day was definitely coming for some time but mm -hmm. it's it's still devastating like i actually feel ill i felt ill yesterday i feel like kind of depressed about it it's kind of horrible i mean you know, you could say, oh, but you don't live there and it doesn't affect you. I mean, some people have said this, but I think America is so big. Its politics are such an octopus that like stranglehold across the world. They, they've funded, you know, places in Africa. They have a global gag rule. It's awful that 36 million women will not have access to re reproductive health. So like all of this was actually getting me down. So I wanted to make a a positive uh, painting about it. And if you look back, uh, I like I did a lot of research. I need, I mean, I'm not an, uh, I can be an intuitive drawer where I just draw without thought. And that was how I used to, I used to just like let whatever I felt like come on the page. But, but now I've had more like a vague concept and then you sit down and draw and then some of these imageries will just come instinctively. So it's a little bit of both. Um, but like I did a lot of research obviously because this is a very interesting and grim and like historically rich uh, subject. So I looked, I, want, I was really curious because also when you watch period dramas, you read period novels, there's no mention of uh, contraception. There's no mention of condoms. And, and it, it presents this view that in, in, in history that has not, that has not existed. This is like a 20th century concern. But what is interesting is, that anti-abortion is a 20th century concern, that as soon as we could um, see into the womb, um, that's when men wanted to start, you know, having uh, more control over reproduction and, and a woman's uterus. But pr prior to this, like even in medieval era, uh, when clearly medicine wasn't great, there was, uh, 
it was called the quickening. So until the baby actually moved, which was much later in your trimester, it didn't, it wasn't considered to be alive. And then even more than that, until the baby was born and moved, um, it wasn't considered uh, to be alive. And then like how far we've come back to, to today where, you know, a group of cells uh, is considered life. Um, that's like a detour. But basically I, I looked into all the historical um, herbs that people use both in Europe and in India. I think India was really fascinating because, you know, of course people are still using these herbs and, and it's kind of uh, horrifying, like, because some of them like, Datura, which is really wi widely available, the latex of Datura is used as a very haphazard method of contraception and abortion because it's toxic. But like all of these plants have not entirely successful rates, but women have been using them for, you know, centuries. And I just wanted to make a painting that sort of celebrated that, but also was like a warning that we should not be trying to go back to these days where we are hunting for vegetables uh, that may or may not kill a woman just so she can you know have her period or whatever because a lot of these uh, herbs would cause you to have your period which is to cause a miscarriage um, and therefore induce an abortion so that's specifically what that painting is about yeah no that's that's a beautiful uh, piece of work and it's, it's powerful and thank you for kind of expounding upon your thought process and your research and your ideas i feel that yes like as a man, I, I feel that I don't really, I am not even qualified to uh, like literally talk about like what a woman should do with the, with her and their body. And, but like, I don't know why, whether, why a lot of men who are in top positions are like hell bent into kind of controlling something that doesn't concern their body, right? Like I always feel right. that, I always feel that there are some issues that are, that should that the women sh should discuss uh, amongst themselves and kind of charter because it, it literally concerns with their health but I feel it just it I don't know it just it, it, it just this century of like history of oppression and it's just weird power games that kind of leads yeah. to this right like how people are trying to connect religion with uh, I don't know it's and and it, these are some basic questions to be asked that like what if someone like i think the very heavy question like what if someone is being abused and what if someone's body is incapable of actually bringing a baby into this yeah. world and these are some really serious questions why why can't we really like it, it's not something that just happens to minority like it is very it, it is yeah. prevalent right like and so, I think the propaganda, the at least these anti-abortion groups used, is effective. It's very like they have money, they have mm. the clout. But I also think that um, a lot of it, like somebody raised this really interesting point that made a lot of sense to me. I, I can't remember the name, so forgive me for that. But they were like, the unborn are a great group uh, to lobby for. So it's a great tool to get people to get uh, wound up and lobby for because the unborn have have no voice they can't ask for anything they don't demand health care 
They don't demand, uh, you know, teaching uh, when you're a kid. They don't demand that you don't allow guns to shoot them up in schools. They, they don't have any demands. They are just this empty, quiet thing that you can use in any way. And that really made a lot of sense to me because that is exactly what they are legislating for. Like the second the child is born, they have absolutely no interest in its care. Like, I mean, in certain states, they're trying to roll back, like mm. uh, teaching children of immigrants, uh, you know, whatever. Like, it's, it's, it's mad, it's mad. But, but that at least, I, at least I, I thought that was a very interesting point that the unborn are a very useful uh, group of, of things to uh, fight for because they don't have to say anything. You can just say whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't want to discuss it too much because I actually say I have to say it's really depressing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And uh, very feel, depressing. Yeah, it is. Uh, I feel uh, it's 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 so weird that the West has its different issues. I, I'm pretty sure UK would have its different debates. India and South Asian countries, it's like completely different. How yeah, uh, abortion, uh, menstruation in general is kind of seen. Like it's 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 it is it is very different and difficult but I, I i generally feel women everywhere kind of suffers uh yeah because of these issues and i feel that as men we shouldn't have any say in this like I, that's what well, i, I like. think you should you should have a say in in an like in an ally as, as, as an, an ally, ally. Yeah, of course look as an and ally, of course like, like it it does affect you like i i yes. think when men say it doesn't affect me but like you could have you know, you and your partner could be together. And of course yeah. it's going to affect you. Like if she has a miscarriage and, and dies, like like it has happened, like that thing that happened mm. in um, Ireland with that very tragic case where they refused to help her. And there's a recent case in Malta where a couple, couple who wanted the baby flew for a baby moon. And this is like yesterday's news. And Malta has an absolute ban, no abortion, even if the life is in danger. And this this woman, like they've basically tortured this woman. She's had she's had to fly out finally, but that's like what they did was so like the violation of, of her rights is just it's extraordinary. But of course it affects a man because he's he's there like watching one his baby die and do his wife suffer. So yeah, I think men are involved like in, yeah. in being in being like solid allies. And then of course it does affect them because you're gonna watch terrible things happen to the women around you. Yeah. Um, no, I, I meant like it, no, I I I meant that. I know it, what you meant. I I I know what you meant. Like it, it, it's, it's sort of yeah, it's sort of like uh, like like what what's happening is like like as men like literally we're telling you no this should happen. So it, instead yeah, of yeah. that, it should like the conversation or the point has to be started by women and then as uh, allies, right? You kind of have to listen to it. You have to obviously understand it, and obviously it affects everyone. Like that's that's the nature of the world right like all the things affects everyone yeah everyone should have a say in it but uh, but yeah no i know what you're saying like men should just uh not talk about what women should do with their bodies absolutely yes. okay so i'll uh, okay let's look at some more of your artwork or uh, let me know like uh, which one i should pull up next uh you can uh, i think i would say my website's probably got better imagery um, because my is Instagram is so uh, yeah yeah. If you click on that, um, it'll it'll show you some yeah website and work, and then we can go through the painting section there if you like. Um, if you just go if you scroll down a bit and then hit the one that's called painting, and that's like specifically 
kind of curated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Amazing. So which one do you feel? Um, you, why don't you pick one? I'm always curious what people want to talk about. <laughs> like, because uh, I don't, I don't know. Like when you look at a thing long enough, yeah. you're just like, I don't know anymore. Yeah. No, I, I like, it's it just, I, I literally like love, I feel, I just literally love your very unique artistic style. So let me just pull this up. I, I genuinely do. I'm. I can't really choose one because I really love like some of your. No, work. that's fine. Whichever one you want. Yeah, th- this one. Time. I feel. I really love like uh, like you have this. I would say maximalist. Would it, it's a wrong word. I know. Yeah. No. That's. I think that's very true. Yeah. I like look at look at the amount of plants I have. I can't like I I don't have a stop button exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fully a maximalist. Um, at least I think, you know, but I, I really want to try. I have to say it's a real pain to be that way because it means everything takes longer. You spend a lot of time on detail. And I just want to be one of those people that just can paint. Do you know what I mean? Like is a free, like is, is free from formal restraints, is free from technical restraints, um, can just be more like, I don't know, more free form. Um, I, these two are like a slight departure from my usual style where I've not used any kind of shading, um, like from a ball, like a ballpoint pen, which I I used to do heavily. Um, and I think I am getting tired of using ballpoint pens that I'm more interested in exploring like paint and, and what I can do with paint, um, within that within my style sort of and I think this this is kind of a hell mouth which is very this is very like I, I guess it is hybrid because it's taking um uh you know the hell mouth uh which is like these depictions of of hell from medieval manuscripts and I've always found them really comedic and um kind of hilarious but I also love the monsters they draw like there's something very fun and uh, interesting about them. And I wanted to combine that idea with uh, a baby shower because I find a baby shower pretty hellish um, as a, you know, as a concept. I, I like the amount of people we're bringing into the world. So I, I kind of, these are two, like um, the other one and this one sit together and then they form a, a complete landscape. And it's sort of like an apocalyptic surrealist landscape where just there's a lot of baby shower shit and there's a lot of people having babies and making babies and coming out of these like hell mouth yeah um, yeah uh, gateways so it was that it was really fun to draw uh i think i i guess a lot of my artwork comes from a sort of point of irritation or rage um, where you want to put all the things that annoy you in in a format that is pleasing. So I, I do enjoy doing that, like taking my anger and um, sort of putting it into a painting that is uh, colorful and appealing. And then when you look closer, there's some weird shit happening. Um, so I guess that's my uh, overall agenda. Uh, no, no, I, I, I absolutely love your expression oh I, I love this one so much now like this like <laughs> I, I would say this like here you m- might have kind of used elements of minimalism because you've used your yeah, space I wanted, well. I wanted to use I wanted to and I have, so I have three of these it's like the goddess series and it's all like the obsession with fertility and the hunt for fertility and these all fertility goddesses uh, of various capacities 
and then combined with our modern sort of you know in vitro IVF mother care um, like there's a lot of fertility insanity um, that I find fascinating like the urge to reproduce is so strong. There's a woman who wrote an amazing um, piece, or uh, actually, she, I think she wrote a book about how she did IVF nine or 10 times. And each IVF is very expensive. So I, I think she, I don't know, she spent so much money and she didn't in the end, it was not successful. But uh, she wrote a book about like that journey and that process and why she did it. And I'm, it was, it was interesting. It's interesting that someone would do that to themselves, like literally torture themselves for so long um, because your life won't move forward. You spend so much money. I don't know. I'm, I'm really fascinated by that. Um, like that urge that is overriding all rational thinking. Um, the queen is also like another one about uh, reproduction. So a lot of, a lot of my work is, um, well, not a lot of it, but a lot of it is about gender reproduction, some sexuality, and you know, sort of uh, like a queer perspective on all of those. Oh, I love this one as well. Like, uh, I feel I, I what I really admire is that, like, as an audience, I can actually like take my time to actually stop and literally just try to kind of take in all the little details that you kind of have drawn. Uh, I just love like I feel that you're building a world so it's like like a world building kind of a thing that's going on like maybe an aesthetic or a vibe that you're creating as an artist and I really love that uh, again like thank, thank I, you yeah I, I, I like to build worlds I, I also like love world building across all all genres of, of entertainment so yeah I guess a lot of that has influenced yeah. me yeah I feel I don't know like if I, this comparison could be a little off. Uh, I I watch a lot. Uh, I, I think I, I don't know like like some of your work is kind of cognizant to a lot of Rick and Morty sort of uh, kind of vibe. Yeah. I, I don't know is that something a dystopian like a dystopian future? Yes, for sure. There's like a dystopian future element, but. Uh, yeah, Rick and Morty. I love. I do love Rick and Morty. Uh, maybe not the latest latest season. Yeah, but I yeah. I, uh, I was like obsessed yeah. with um, season one to three. I I love. I yeah. Exactly. I do love that kind of world building. All the Rick and Morty's of yeah. course are amazing. It's uh, the way they build it. But um, yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that. I like that idea that you want you want the the viewer to be feeling like they're they're looking into a window into another. Uh, sort of like land yeah i i wouldn't even like say it's a dystopia i, I would rather like i would rather like i would rather see it as uh what it, it's it's very es esoteric it's very psychedelic in in some ways not like yeah. in, in a very traditional way i know i know it's, it's, it's like so, socially conscious psychedelic so it's like a lot of psychedelic art is a lot of randomness or is very pertaining to someone actually having an experience with acid lsd or any consciously uh, maybe in that sense but yours mm -hmm. is that it's a trip but <laughs> it's a trip where you have a very specific message be it to fill fertility with your with, with it your yeah. queer identity or any other topics that you find fascinating so but uh, that's one thing that like i think I'll just kind of talk about this one small point. Uh, like, 
again like we were talking about uh, okay i can't really like paint uh, as well mm-hmm. as you but what i can actually understand because i feel as a, because when the artist i feel is such a beautiful term because artist means that someone who appreciates art and who kind of understands what another artist of any other genre actually feels producing mm-hmm. or consuming so mm-hmm. i i can i i i highly relate to when someone is kind of when i see someone's art and when it, when it really speaks to me i understand like uh, i can see the struggles the self doubt uh the eureka moments uh the love the hate so it's it, it it's so complicated like when you are actually creating an art piece right and yeah. to someone who don't really like let's say a non artist i feel that everyone is an artist but people are too scared to really explore their creative things uh it's very hard to kind of communicate an artistic urge or when when mm. when when a creative drive just takes you over when you have to kind of create something right so do you have any thoughts about this sort of abstract thinking as an artist like um do you mean like when you have an idea what to do with it or do you mean how do you generate ideas i guess i'm not uh, what sorry i'm not 100% clear okay. on the question yeah because it wasn't even a question i think i just had a thought and i thought like let me just ask you if, if no no tell, if, let, if it let me it's with you Uh, I think it this it could be uh, like it could be two three different questions but I guess like I have to say this year um covid was good because I was locked in so it was productive so I got a lot of like ideas I was writing lots of notes I had I have a an email I have also a list where I email myself ideas and notes mm. and thoughts that I have I have not been very good at that lately like I have not been emailing myself no because I have this insane backlog of ideas and um plans that are not being done because this is not the year of productivity this year feels like the year of socializing um so I'm getting a lot less work done um so that's not the the most positive but I think I think by the, by after summer like it is I feel like what I usually what ends up happening is there's a swing and and flow like a tide where you are very very productive and then suddenly there's a you know like you're sort of wiped out and and I feel currently very uh, re- like uh, currently I'm I'm just feeling not um I don't know in a creative painting mood uh just because there's stuff happening everybody is you know it's it's you want to meet everybody you've been a, you've been locked in for two years so there's that there's that feeling of oh, I'm, i i just i don't have the i don't have the energy right yeah. now but at the back of my mind there's always this this feeling like ah oh, shit i need to draw i need to draw i mean i am drawing i'm doing small things like sketchbooks but i i need to have you know a, a painting planned uh, i have an idea if it's been there for a long time and i just need to get that idea down in a concrete way yeah. so i find the ideas are for me not the, the problem but actually my paintings take a really long time um i i put in a lot of detail into them and stuff like that uh, and i'm working full time so it becomes like you really have to uh 
grind it out like yeah. every day after work you must do one hour or one and a half hours you try and make that one and a half hours relaxing like put mm. on a podcast i love like i love podcasts i'm i've been obsessed or you put on a, a tv show that isn't too distracting yeah. but um i haven't been doing that lately and i definitely feel it like i feel like this anxiety like shit i need to start i need to start so at least for me that's uh, that's my uh, really not um rigid process but but there has to be I find it's best when I have a routine and even if I do nothing for that day like for example I finish work I put my work stuff away I get the painting out even if I'm like I just sit in front of my paper for an hour if you do that every single day you will find that at at least the end of some point of time whatever that time is you will have something drawn yeah um like it's a grind but i i find the grind works for me a little bit like i i'm not one of those people that will be like one day I just need a Saturday and I'll, I'll do a painting and be done. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you have to do it every single day yeah. and it's fucking tedious. I guess. Yeah. No, exactly. Thank you for sharing that. I feel uh, that's a great like insight into your artistic process, and I feel it's it's someone that like even I can gravitate, and a lot of people can actually understand. Okay, yeah, like uh, as an artist or a- any creative person who has who is in creative profession, it's very difficult to like. I feel productivity. is a word that's like when you were we were talking about hybrid right like we say mm. oh, i feel productivity at least in our age is is kind of misused and just thrown around yeah. so much yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like as an adult like, hmm, what does even productivity really mean like productivity i feel is always connoted to okay you have to do something like let's say if you're working full time somewhere then you mm-hmm. are productive according to the demands of that workplace right yeah but if as an artist like which word would you would would i think would really like is appropriate is it productive is it efficient is it yeah uh, but then uh, these are all like machine words as yeah, well like these uh, are all machine words yeah i i i would i would like from like personally like i like i haven't find a word word but i feel i don't know if it's some, sometimes very sappy but i feel that you have to feel at home when you are like creating art and it's such a like that's what i like if when i'm not feeling at home like when i'm feeling like outside i feel that i'm doing something wrong i'm trying to like squeeze mm. and try to like make something happen because i have to maybe be productive for some particular yeah. reason but when you are at home like you mentioned listening to a podcast at your studio yeah uh maybe in a good mood i think that's your home right and yeah, yeah. on the flip side when you are literally not really feeling so good like you let's say you are angry that's a sort of different energy a lot of artists also channelize into their artwork so i yeah. i i try to understand that as an artist it is very different difficult to kind of have say productivity yeah. as one of i think everyone artists. will obviously have their like different mm. process i mean how does it like so you say you're a filmmaker mm. like i'm assuming for your work that you can't just be like i'm having a good day i'm having a bad day because you have to plan things i'm assuming especially mm. if it's for documentaries like everything must be scheduled so how do you manage your like sort of practice um doing that because i feel like for film is actually even harder because there's a lot of technical requirement there's things you need to like not forget the sound and stuff like that um so how do you deal with that like how do you get how do you get into that okay i need to make all of these things 
good question. I feel, uh, again, like as I mentioned, right, I, I, I realize like working along this line that when I micromanage and when I plan too much, it really falls apart. It, mm. it, it, it's my perspective. I don't know why it happens with me. Whenever I plan too much, whenever I try to micromanage like the people I'm working with, it literally, it never happens. Or like it's something feels off. But mm-hmm. when I, when I, when I try, let's say I have to shoot, I know that I have to shoot in a week. I, I know that I have to do some diligence. Diligence being, I have to research something. I, if there is a mm-hmm. new equipment, I really have to familiarize myself with that particular equipment so that at the day of the shoot, I know what I'm doing. If there are mm-hmm. like new people involved, I really need to be in touch with them kind of gauge their vibe like do they even are we on the mm-hmm. same same level creatively i think those are the diligence that i need to do but i i've right now these days i've skewed away from planning too much because i feel life is life is too chaotic to try to find order in something but i feel that uh yes you have to accept the chaos but you have to have some sort boundaries. of mm-hmm. some sort of boundaries but but I've seen a lot of filmmakers who have everything like kind of uh, done to a beat. So they know like, oh, this is happening exactly. And I respect that. But personally, as a per- uh, personally, work, right? just like for me, that never works for me. Uh, like yeah. 100% it never works. So I try to have some diligence done and try to be more spontaneous. So, but when I and then at- also, I guess you can enjoy it more in the moment because otherwise, you're. I, I imagine if everything has to be to the plan, then yeah. you have to just keep your eye on the plan rather than on the situation. Yeah, a, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I try to uh, like I don't know like I I I, I try to respond to like a situation and the people I am. So let's say, let's say in a documentary that we did in Canada, I literally, according to the people that were actually I was interfacing with, I literally just like, I kind of recognize, oh, wow, I'm really happy actually working with this person. Like there was this poet that we were interviewing and just like chatting with him, uh, just kind of filming him my shots were amazing i loved it like he because his uh, energy or his ideas were able to pull this interesting side of me but then there was mm-hmm. this another person like great person but like i like com- comparatively the, the 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 shots that or the work that we did with him was far superior to this person the camera was the same the setting was the same what happened mm-hmm. i realized oh wow it just literally how i responded to this person and uh, then I realized, yeah, okay, and a lot of filmmakers, it's just like having good days and bad days. And it all comes down to editing. Now, me in front of my computer, kind of making order of this huge library of random footages and try to boil it down. So it's like, it's ma- so for example, it's, it's, let's say it's one of your maximalist painting. Now mm. I have to make it super minimalist for, yeah. to, to make my producers happy because they had this one thing in mind. So uh, that is what it is. But yeah, very interesting to kind of talk about creative processes, right? Like every yeah. artist would have their creative process. But eventually I think the goal has to be, are you comfortable in what you do? Are you having fun? And these yeah. are some of the very, some of the very, what do you call it? It's very small and it's very silly questions, but 
I think these are some one of the most important questions that as humans and an artist we should ask ourselves. Uh, we should like literally check our vibes every like in every month or so that hey the people that I'm with are they cool? Like do I really love them? Do I really like mm. myself? Do I really like what I'm actually doing? If the answer is no, refigure it. Like refigure it out. Like you have to be yeah. a little sort of uh, in that sense. Anyways. Uh, yeah, and I also think like um. I, I sometimes used to beat myself up. I mean, I still do uh, mm. about taking long breaks, like not drawing for a lot. But I think, you know, if you need a break, your your mind is telling you, you're, you're, you need to yeah, take a that's just break. A, that's just such a weird productivity thing that's happening with us, right? Like, like, we feel guilty of taking breaks because as you can kind of, we are kind of thinking of ourselves as machines, like, Mm, like have, be the be productive be the most what, productive artist what would have would happen to us like as as especially what's happening with us like are we like i don't know like it, it's very interesting to kind of think about it like was was everyone like this or is just that now we are hyper connected because of the internet that like we constantly see people on our feeds doing something that yeah. we feel that we also need to do something. Uh, I was reading something very interesting uh, that a lot of people who are insecure, they have to say every day that they're busy. They have to pretend that they are busy. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. that's a very interesting thought. Like subconsciously I have done that to kind of make myself feel better and kind of yeah. project that, hey, like I am important, I'm busy. And I'm like, oh, damn, like I feel and now I feel kind of growing up I respect people who are not busy and happy and successful yeah I, I also find like a psychological hack is to uh you know so I'll say I'm busy because I'm gardening and that I am I'm gardening and, yeah. and that is a bit like but it is a very peaceful activity like it's uh, not it's not a uh you know an activity that moves me forward on Instagram like nobody gives a shit but I put it I'll put it in like no actually I, I can't do this I'm very busy um watering plants yeah. but I also I, I was thinking about this like we think it's a social media age obsession but I think like if you look back I, I, I mean I always find it fascinating that in the UK it used to be a seven day week like you didn't leave your you didn't you worked 24 7 if you were not a rich wealthy gentleman or lady of leisure like you we only got you only people fought for weekdays because you know one one was the church day so you got a day off and then luckily you got like the half saturday so productivity has always been built in as a methods of exploitation by the yeah. sort of the landed class or the richer, you know, elites to to build it, and and I suppose Instagram, Facebook, whatever, um, are building in in a way the same system. Be productive, post every day, post as much as possible. That's how you really show that you are an artist. And I do, I find that I, I do find the the pressure of Instagram sometimes um, dictating how I work, and I really want to like. Uh, try and separate that uh, but it's difficult I think it's very difficult it is it is I feel uh, again I, I think it's just setting boundaries right like mm. uh, 
like being busy and being not busy there is a balance like there is a there is a balance sorry there sorry there is a distinction between being lazy and being busy right so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the flip side of not being busy you can actually fall into being lazy and being uh not actually doing anything right like i think like as humans we are just like kind of always always struggling with ourselves and mm-hmm. as we're talking about social media right uh it now reinforces this idea that oh everyone is doing something but i think that's not the case i feel like earlier when there wasn't really like we didn't really the social media wasn't that like omnipresent like like mm-hmm. it is right now we just interacted with our colleagues few friends maybe family relatives and people around us so we we had a better sense of human activity because yeah. i feel humans are kind of designed in that sense to kind of gauge their environment that they can actually peripherally see uh but social media you literally could have windows to like you could have millions of windows to millions of people all over the world doing something and you feel sometimes lazy you feel that oh why these people are so busy and yeah subconsciously you kind of just or these people you know they can draw so much better like yes or these people that their, their artwork is so much better or these people are like doing the right things to yeah. making the right connection to like networking in the correct way um so i definitely uh, i i i want to try and detach myself more from social media but i i'm such a like an internet uh child like when i was 10 you know yeah. we got a computer and yeah. then a few years later we got the internet so i feel like i am a child of the internet but <laughs> i was like there from the from the the ms dos beginning so yeah. it's very yeah. hard like i love the internet like i will yeah. waste so much time watching garbage um, yeah that, i think that's everyone that's everyone literally yeah, that's everyone. everyone and that is really hard to yeah. i think i think i feel like a lot of people are much better actually um than they used to be like i i know a lot of people who just don't have they don't they're not even on social they don't post anything and i uh, admire that i am not at that level mm. i am still um i've not ascended to that like that piece no. um i i'm still posting uh i don't know why but there you are no uh, on that note i i like i've thought about it like i've thought about people who are not on social media i like to be honest like for example i respect people who are on social media and they literally just put their workout and they post it out like it's out there yeah. that that's what i try to do like that's I, what i want to do that's I, what i want to get I, I, yeah. i i put stuff out i don't want to see any positive comments i don't want to see any negative comments if spontaneously i see something i'll respond because i feel it's very organic i don't really want to be that person who checks uh his phone every every, day, yeah. every not even every 5 minutes to just see if every someone is day. like it that's that's something that's that's something i i'm glad i'm not at that level i do post and then i i try yeah. and turn the phone but I, but i will find myself when i've not posted and i need to i'm like i somehow end up procrastinating by just looking at yeah. so much like yeah. stuff i spend i think i i need to i want to be that person that posts but actually never engages with the platform except for their own work but i'm definitely not that person like i'm engaged with other people and i think it's it's kind of hard because there are lots of other artists that i love on instagram well, instagram think, you know i think that's productive 
that's productive right yeah that's that's how i'm so, gonna spin it that's, so how, that's how i'll spin it so that's that's the difference right that's productive and watching uh i don't know random reels of cats that's not that's that's very, no that's really that's mentally that's mental health that's okay? that, that, yeah oh yeah for sure i know i'm i'm so all that's, that's I'm all self-care for, i'm self-care. all for cute cat videos for sure uh but yeah, I think you have cats too, right? I'm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I have a I have a separate account just for cats. Like I, I will only watch cats on that account. I don't want to cool. have cats on any other account because otherwise it's just gonna be a mess. No, I was just watching. I think you were draw. I think you were trying to draw, and <laughs> your yeah. that was funny. Like I was like, okay, I just I just hate me. Oh wow. They. I had to actually. I literally, you know, like the artists are like, oh, I chose this kind of painting because you know, blah blah blah. I chose acrylic painting because the cats are always like they have walked over every drawing uh, and acrylic is wipeable because uh, it sets solid yeah, 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 and yeah. it dries very quickly so they yeah. can't just, but my cat has sat with her butt in my pink paint palette with her paws and she's like wandered around it's fucking it's a nightmare they, they love to sleep on the painting and I kind of uh, like it but um, it's very it's difficult like they while you are painting they're like smacking you but uh i i do i don't i enjoy the assholeness of cats so yeah i allow it i don't want to shoot them yeah yeah no cats are literally assholes but they're like they're like what are you gonna do about it and literally they're like fun and they're like i mean if i if i if i really wanted to they would not come on the table i would just shoo them off every single time yeah yeah do you have pets no, I don't have pets, but I love pets. Like I like a lot of my friends. They have it's just my uh, it's just my family. I feel they are very resistant to getting pets. And plus, because the last uh, last ten years, I've been just like traveling a lot because like just like not actually being in one place. So that's why I couldn't really have a pet. But yeah, if, cats if, are not good for travel. But if I get a, a pet, it has to be like a golden retriever. I feel that's that's someone that's your that's your dream pet that's nice yeah i like i wipe with a golden retriever like i was like chilling with a golden i'm like no yeah i think we me and you we can wipe so i'm like uh this is uh, i can like that's cool but cats are amazing my one of my roommates he he had a cat and we i literally lived with the cat like for a year and the cat really was fond of me so i was very happy okay wow like it's very interesting they're very like they're chill they're chill pet i feel like a dog is like a child um yes you have to do a lot like they yeah. need a lot of care like my cat was sitting here she went out you can leave them the whole day you can go out but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I but at least you can take a dog in a car. So if you go traveling, at least yeah. your dog can come with you. So that way dogs have a one up. Yeah, cats are no no. Again, like I feel cats have their like literally they are like I, I just cats I find them so unique and mysterious. Like I, I I've seen like my, my friend's cat, like the cat like literally staring like outside the window for hours. I'm like, what's happening with this person? Like not person with this cat is like is this cat literally tripping? Like I, I just try to imagine what sort of thoughts like like kind of just happening. Like mm. this cat is just like looking dead, like dead back. You should I think you should do, you should do a documentary on it. This is, this, is the, would, this is the next document what, what what do cats think about it? I, I think i would get a lot of support from like really cats. you would get you would get funded immediately on kickstarter i, I literally like, holy yeah. shit 
I will. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel you would pledge some money for that. I would. Them. I would pledge for sure. <laughs> like I want to know what cats are thinking. Oh, yeah. That's a scientific research that has not taken place, and MIT should get on it. Oh no! Possible. Wait, fuck. Yes, of course. People are like, this is okay. This is my favorite yeah, cat yeah. account. Of course, people are literally studying this. So yeah, yeah. you've seen those dogs that press buttons. This is my my obsession at, at the yeah. moment. But you know those dogs that teach you yeah. how to communicate with buttons that you mm-hmm. used to be. Mm-hmm. There are cats that also do it, and then the cat will tell them things like they it it like they ask the question of what were you dreaming of and the cat will will give the answer and and then if the cat doesn't yeah. get like sometimes the cat will be like give me this mm-hmm. uh and then if the human does not give it immediately like feed me now or whatever play with me now and the human says later this one particular cat always goes to the like i'm mad button like she's i'm fucking pissed i'm pissed and i really i i like i like that communication of also feelings the dog also communicates um it's very interesting actually you should look it up no as you mentioned i will as you mentioned i think dogs are literally babies like i i wouldn't waste my research let's say future grant when you are document your dogs they are literally babies they literally I, i can see their wheels turning in their head it's they are very simple to understand cats i feel there is a mysterious quality to them i feel that mm. they they just like a very intelligent and they're very perceptive and they literally gauges some sort of energies from different people and like they can literally know like if this person's off this person's cool and i don't know are you can't it's very sixth sense of them like dog has a sixth sense but cat i feel have a more advanced sort of sense that's I mean, what I'm i read. Not, i'm not going to disagree i, I i'm a cat owner so i will agree yes i i'm pretty sure you would have like a lot of next uh, in our next podcast which would be all about cats like a, a strictly cats only podcast yeah yes then we <laughs> shall discuss all the nitty gritties of cats and dogs yeah, exactly. and i i literally have the name in training cats and dogs so that's <laughs> Uh, this face of anyways uh anyway i feel uh, we had such a wonderful chat jerina and you thank you for your time really thank you like, so much uh, yeah. nice speaking to you